live and on lockdown. Are you ready? Ready, ready? Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across the globe. Listen here. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. The host, Fraser Ramsey. Hey, this is Afia Letham, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleash, going beyond borders. Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from NaturalSoapbySakia.com, proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. And welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. Uh, we're now on Dublin Radio, also across the world. Uh, also, I use Podbean as well. Uh, it's my main hosting platform that I do for my podcasts. My guest is none other than Chanel Spencer. Uh, we'll find out where she's from. We're going to find out a bit about her. She's currently about right. She's, to give you an idea, she's done corporate, she's done entrepreneurship, writing a book. She's set up a makeup brand. There's, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that I can't, I've not got enough fingers for to count, but we'll, uh, we'll get there. We'll discuss that. But as you know, I like to hear the inspirational part of people's lives where they've come from nothing to become something. People who have gone through the mud, gone through the struggles, and they've come through them and they've uh, they've come to the light at the end of the the light light at the end of the tunnel. In a day, it's by hearing these testimonies, these stories of people that's going to want to inspire you in some way to be do the same and to get there. And that's what it's about. And it's about hopefully learning from the person who I'm interviewing, my guest, and hopefully wanting to connect with them, maybe doing business because you can relate to how they have, what they've gone through and et cetera, et cetera, in their life. So um, as I say, uh, and you will be hearing Chanel's uh, show on Dublin Radio as well um, coming up. So as I say, we are obviously where there's a lot of new brands, a lot of new stuff kicking in. As I say, it's a new Dublin Radio is new. But we're pushing forward to grow and to build it with quality, inspirational content from people around the world. And that's the aim of it. So as I say, today it is me, Ramsey Unleashed, Green Man Borders, podcasting uh, since 2014, uh, October. So kind of started with her partner and went from just general anti, let's say, say we're very un-PC, but never mind <laughs> on a lot of topics, but uh, rebranded down, down line and now just uh, this is where I am now. So, uh, but yeah, so... Welcome, Al, to shut up, and welcome, Chanel Spencer, to Ramsey Unleash, Going Beyond Borders, all the way from Scotland. Uh, how you doing? Hi, everybody. Thank you. I'm so appreciated to be on your platform, and I'm super excited. That's good. Well, tell us, uh, let's, tell us let's dive right in. So who is Chanel Spencer on a brief summary, and then we'll dive into sort of your beginning part of your life. Okay. Um. So... Uh, my name is Chanel. I uh, currently live in New York in the United States. Um, I am a six-time best-selling author. I have two children, a teenager. Good luck to anybody that has teenagers. <laughs> um, and a five-year-old. I, um, I am the CEO of Maximum Evolution, and I help women to transform their lives as well as bringing their visions into fruition and creating their own tables because we're no longer fighting for a seat at anybody else's table. We're just going to just go build our own. Um, so I'm very, very big and, dri- and driven in impacting women and helping them to get this to the next level and having their dreams come true as well. Um, I was a general manager for a hotel in New York City for... About two years, I was in the hospitality industry for 10 years, and I resigned from that corporate position last year. Actually, it's a year coming up. Wipe sweat off my forehead. Um, it was an amazing um, decision, stressful decision, but a very important decision because it allowed me to focus completely on my business and growing and and getting structure and things in place um, in regards to my business. And I'm working on a bunch of other different things. I'm an author. As I said earlier, I have three, actually four projects that will be released within the next 90 days. Um, and I have my podcast as well, Evolve. And that'll be on Double Radio coming up soon. I'm so excited. Yay! Well, there it is for Drive Us. It's all about <laughs> And Double Radio, is our new partner in the business will be revealed soon as well. So, yes. um, but yeah, so some exciting stuff happening. It's just uh, got to push forward and get the connections in the start. Uh, so there's a lot of planning for the partners and to help push 
the content out as well. So yes, I'm excited. I'm so excited for you. That's like amazing. Just sit back and think. I have a radio, like I have a radio station. That's amazing. The opportunity that you provide to so many people. Ah. Well, um, <laughs> just hopefully it'll build and grow and we'll exactly. get to just attract people to it. And I mean, as I say, we're in different places exactly. as well now. So, um, yes. I love, love it. Yes. But anyway, let's, uh, so let's dive into you. So tell us about your life growing up, a bit of background, mm-hmm. childhood, good, bad, and different. As I say, it's always good to find out about background and if your struggles and how you, what you've gone through in life from the beginning. So for me, I had a great childhood. My parents are amazing, Um, but I experienced a lot of adversities as a child. I had to grow up really early. So for about five years of my adolescence, I was molested um, by a relative and it impacted me till I was about 26 years old, honestly, until I took the, the, until I realized like, wait, I'm not really over this and I really haven't healed from it. Um, And how that turned my life upside down as I ended up being in an abusive relationship for about two to three years when I was in my late teens, um, my late teens, early twenties. Um, and then I had my first child when I was 20, hence why I have a teenager and look like a teenager myself. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then I actually attempted suicide when I was 18. So I was just tired of what I was dealing with internally. When you suffer in silence, it is like, the worst thing in the world because to everybody else, you look like the great cheerleader, the honor roll student, the, you know what I mean? Like everything yeah. is perfect. And, but you're literally, literally metaphorically dying inside. And so in being in an abusive relationship that actually heightened it because he broke me down 10 times more than I already was. Um, and that I just was like, I'm tired. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and then when that happened, I was in the hospital and I was just like, yeah, no, I, that's not the choice I want to make. And from that point, honestly, I was like, okay, I have another chance because that could have been the end of me. Honestly, I, I don't really haven't really told anybody the exact of what I did, but it's in my book, actually Roy's paradigm. Um, but I, um, I took like 14 shots and had like seven or eight Vicodins that I didn't know was Vicodins and I couldn't swallow pills at that point. So I was like literally crushing them. And if I didn't crush them, I probably wouldn't be here. Like literally. Um, but from that moment, I realized that, no, I definitely, death is not the option for me. Um, I just need to work through and navigate what I'm feeling so that I can heal and move forward. And that's when I started doing therapy and stuff like that. Um, and that's when I was working three jobs at one point, cause I, I have my great family, but I don't like to depend on other people. I'm very independent in that way. So with my son, um, that happened before I had my son. Um, but with my son, I, um, he was the driving force for me to, one, get out of that abusive relationship because I know what it feels like to be in an atmosphere that you feel unsafe in and how it can literally mold you into the per- person that you become. Yeah. Um, so I um, I literally, um, he was a driving force to have me leave that relationship. That's one. Two, um, heal myself. And then I was working three jobs to make sure that I could get him through private school and do what um, I, he needed to do and ensure that he had the, the best of the best um, growing up. And then I was, as I said, I went into the hospitality industry. I worked for 10 years. I started as a guest service agent making $15 an hour. And when I resigned, I was making six figures um, over 10 years. And it was a hard decision to walk away, but it was literally the choice of myself or the job. Kind of similar to when I was my abusive relationship, it was like myself or the job, myself or the relationship. And I worked my ASS off to get to that level. Um, but it was just, it was no longer gratifying. It was no longer fruitful. It was no longer giving me what I wanted. It was more taking from me, essentially. And it was like, okay, well, what's next? Am I just going to work myself to the ground? And that's when I wanted to say, no, I'd rather take all of these hours and focus on my business versus building somebody else's. Um, so that's when I resigned. And I'm here today. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit. I'll try and a lot of big, a big summary there just to get the that's good let's go well obviously well let's talk about the i mean being molested is i mean i've mm-hmm. got a lot, a lot of connections who have gone through that as well in their life mm-hmm. on who are in american things who've been in that situation mm-hmm. and to go through that in a daily struggle i mean when how long did it last for and how long uh, did the 
Um, it was from what I remember, I was five when it started and I made the honestly and that's where the independence comes in. I um, when I realized like mm, something's wrong is when I was 10 years old and I was actually in the sixth grade. Um, and that's when I put a stop to it, meaning I no, no longer put myself in predicaments where it was just he and I alone. And if there ever was a time where he was around, I was gone, like gone with the wind, like wherever I could go to somebody else's house, be picked up, whatever it needed to be. I made sure that we never were alone or had the opportunity to have those type of situations again. Right. Mm-hmm. But to, live, to live with the sort of the trauma of what happened up mm-hmm. until to have the stage of potentially wanting to take your life, mm-hmm. I mean, that must have been to try and keep the sort of, okay, the happy face on, but mm-hmm. when it's eating you up inside. I mean, mm-hmm. how did you cope? I mean, how was, what's your coping mechanisms to until that point? Right. So that's why I'm really good at putting on a mask. <laughs> that's one. Um, and two, I put it into my schoolwork and being perfect right so like some people when they have trauma they do the opposite where they rebel and they go off and they they become raged if that enraged if that makes sense i was the opposite where i took it and i just focused on school like all right i'm just going to be the best student i'm going to be the best this i'm a, and that's how i cope with it in a perfectionism way if that makes sense yeah Basically, just uh, kind of your right, kind of right. mechanism. Exactly. So, what when? So, coming to the point of when you're had enough, mm-hmm. basically take your life. I mean, that kind of mm-hmm. been it's not another decision. You just sort of go right. I'm just gonna yeah commit suicide. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 Just I mean that kind yeah. of been to deal with that. You know, yeah. kind of easy to deal with that and sitting there realize. Oh, is this, so what kind of psychologically was the moment to say, no, this is not the right decision to do when you've kind of almost taken the tablets? Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, it was when I was in the ER room uh, the next day. Um, I didn't realize. I didn't realize how serious it was. Um, and it also showed me how I didn't value myself either to understand how serious it was. Um, so when I was in the ER room after like I came to and my mother, my mother and my stepfather were like, are you OK? And I'm like, oh, I think I need to go to the hospital. I was very groggy. I was very sick. I was like out of it. Um, and, you know, when you go to the ER room, yes, it's an urgent care. But, you know, it takes about three to four hours for you to even get <laughs> to get seen right or spoken to. So I was sitting in the ER room and I, I never told my mom what happened. I didn't. I just, she just thought I was sick. And so finally, I when I started feeling worse, I'm like, uh, I need to tell her. So I told her. And when she ran back and they came out in two seconds with a stretcher and and brought me to be seen, I was like, oh, OK, maybe this is way serious. And then to stop playing with my life. That was part one. And then part two, when um, the doctor came to talk to me and they were just like, OK, tell us what's going on. And do you still feel that you want to do that? Because now that was another choice of, OK, either girl, you need to get it together or they might put you in a little mental inst- um, institution kind of situation. And that, no, thank you. <laughs> so um, yeah. that, Exactly. And again, that showed me the 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 detriment of what I did and how serious it it was. And it was like, all right, girl, like it's time for you to make a decision. Either you're going to let what has happened to you define your your present as well as impact your future, or you're just going to make the decision like, no, I know I deserve more. And I know that my past doesn't have to have control over who I am and who I am destined to be. That makes sense. So going forward from uh, mm-hmm. that, when you go to hospital, you obviously mm-hmm. you're feeling better. And what, mm-hmm. what was your next step? Um, um, from, from the hospital, I just started doing therapy. I started doing a lot of self-work. Um, but what was the, the, the biggest, um, change for me was when I was 26 and I got an executive life coach. That was a game changer because when you go to therapy, it's really helpful, but it's very surface level. It's more of like, you're talking, I'm talking, let's get a plan X, Y, Z. But with a life coach, they deep they deep dive into like they un- um, unpack luggage that you had stored away and try to leave at the airport so you never had to see it again. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so <laughs> she like literally within the first 15 minutes of our conversation, we were back to when I was five and I'm crying and I'm just like, wait, what? Like 
I thought I was okay because I went to therapy and I felt better. Things were moving in my life. At that point, I was an accounting manager. I was making five, I was making about 60, 65 a year. Um, but I just was in a place where I knew I wanted more. Like I wanted, I knew I wanted, like I wanted to be a general manager, but I was terrified. I knew that I still was had some anger and some frustration from my abusive relationship that I was in. I knew um, I had my daughter by then. Um, and I just knew that I just wanted more for my life and I wanted to be free of whatever was break, holding me back from my breakthrough and getting me to my next level. So what, uh, so going into the relationship side, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I know, I know I'm connected with many people who have been through in a relationship, mm-hmm. abusive relationship or have been abused. Uh, so tell us I mean, how many years were you in this relationship? Um, I would say about three or four years but they were in my life for a long time because we have a child, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What made you, what, what got you to the point to suddenly break free from, because it's a big, I mean, obviously people who are in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. it's hard to break free because of you just, it's like a, the emotional, the mental. Emotional, the, you, you love the person, but they're beating mm-hmm. the at you basically, yeah. which mm-hmm. is not ideal. So, what were you? Was it physical abuse to you? Was it psychological? Or is it? It was all of that. It was mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, so, for me, it was the the final turning point was when um, there was an incident in front of my my child. I never really talk about it, honestly, in regards to specifics. I've, I never, no one really knew who it was. Um, well, I'm talking about when I talk about it now. Um, but um, it was when they um, like literally busted my whole face open and my, and my child was there to see it. And I was just like, okay, girl, like, again, back to the, having to talk with myself, like making the decision, like, okay, you're sacrificing yourself so that your child can have a relationship with their parent, their other parent. And, but they're not even that great of a parent, no shade. Um, But, and at the same time, like you are the, you are the, the driving force ensuring that your child is safe, taking care of their well-being, what they need, all the stuff. So if you aren't here, then how is that going to work? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because honestly, if I didn't walk away, they probably would have killed me. No exaggeration. Because I was when you're in that space where you're you're still dealing with them, but you you have checked out. They pick up on that and they try to find ways to bring you back to submission and having a hold on them. And that's why they that was the worst that it had ever been because they saw that I was getting slight like kind of getting away if that makes sense they no longer had control over me at that point i was working the three jobs um that day that was my first day off in the whole summer (laughs) like literally and i just didn't have the energy to like engage i just didn't care enough and so that just triggered it to become a whole psycho um situation and that was the point that i was just like i'm done i i can't i can't do this i can't despite the bugs and left and that was you literally i just i went back to my dad's and i was just like this is i like no and don't get me wrong and for those who are dealing with that it is hard honestly like it really is because when you have fear when you're driven by fear it kind of keeps you in the same place because sometimes you feel comfortable even if you're unsafe you feel comfortable because of the fear that you have instilled in you um so it's it's very hard to truly get away and a lot of people don't a lot of people don't make it out and a lot of people don't are like still in an abusive relationship 40 days down the line. You know what I mean? But you see the impact that it has on them. So I just say to anybody that is going through any situation like that, run, like run as fast as you can. And I know it's hard. I know it's terrifying and you may not have any other choice because sometimes it's financially too. Um, But I'm telling you, your life is way more important. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So just uh, take a small brief uh, segment for those mm-hmm. who are listening. Obviously, we're uh, interviewing Chanel Spencer from New York. Um, just a brief rundown of our life uh, and a summary. I'm about to go into a bit more of the next stage. I mean, to go through an abusive relationship, being molested from five and having to deal with that trauma and technically thinking of taking your own life is not something you you, you think about lightly. Mm-hmm. But we're, it's the, this is why I do these interviews. And as I say, we don't just for you to hear the story and to connect and hopefully do uh, have Chanel on your podcast or whatever, whatever you're listening to. That's the thing. So it's about connecting and doing business together and that's that type of thing. So 
But yeah, uh, want to say a big shout out to people who are uh, listening, who basically people who support like Eileen Smith.com, who's in Philadelphia, Brent Mann, uh, Brent Mann Music, Ephia Latham from Kingdom Beads, uh, Zakia Ringold, who's in Philadelphia, Natural Soap by Zakia, uh, John Drummond, who did my website, uh, Ideas Go Live in Edinburgh, lots of these people who support us, Benita Charles, who's in New York. You may or may uh, can connect Chanel with Benita. She's in New York. She sometimes does a 60-second singing tips, but she does some great music. Uh, and she's in New York as well, so I recommend uh, a connection there. Uh, but, yeah, as I say, it's all about just networking, connecting people and around the world, um, and that's the main thing. So let's uh, dive into uh, part two. So corporate, you've got yourself a corporate job. You're 26 years old. You've put all this stuff is behind you going forward what was the kind of build up from there um so at that point i was a regional accounting manager so i was overseeing seven properties from an accounting perspective um hotel properties um and then i was in the company's mentor development program to become a controller and then i also was i did i graduated from that and then i became um then i was like oh i want to be a gm i think so i did the mentor development program for general manager um, so I was in the loom of that at that age. Um, so it was my director of finance and then I was the second person. And then I had four staff accountants underneath me at that point. And then I was like, no, I want to be an assistant general manager. Like my goal is to be a GM. I want to run a building. And they looked at me like I was insane. Like, girl, you have never even, <laughs> like you've never even managed a front desk. What? Like what? And I'm like, no, I, that's what I want. Um, and so the turning point for that was I resigned from the regional accounting manager position and I got an AGM position at another with another property. And they were like, um, excuse me, I had the VP of HR. I had everybody in my office like, no, you have to stay. And so they gave me three. <laughs> they gave me three assistant general manager opportunities. They were like, pick where you want to go. I'm like, OK. <laughs> and that's how I became an AGM. And I still was pushing. I wanted to be a GM. So within a year and a half. I became a GM for a $19 million um, revenue hotel in the city in Chelsea, New York. Um, and I oversaw that property, it had 72 employees. Um, I had like, I worked like 14 to 16 hours a day, like no exaggeration. I was in England. La- the turning point for me to resign um, was I was in England last July because I had my families from England. Shout out to England. <laughs> and, um, and, um, I worked the entire time. It was budget season. It was month end. And my sister came to me like, it's 530. Can we go do something now? Like, hello. I didn't get to enjoy the presence of my family and the experience of England. I've been to England like three to four times. Don't get me wrong. But my my daughter never went. So I, I felt bad. I mean, and when I got back, I was just like, uh, this is not it. Like, it just it just was not it like at all. Um, So I gave them six weeks notice to say, hey, this, it's been real. <laughs> Love you guys lots. Um, and there were other things. I was I dealt with sexual harassment for a long time in my position. And um, I didn't feel valued 100%. I was grossly underpaid. Like I was making six figures. But trust me, there were other GMs that started at higher than I did. Um, That's crazy. That was right. Um, and then I just didn't feel as though I was valued um, as others were. And though I was the top CEO, like I was the CEO of my building, you know what I mean? Um, So it's just like, why am I sitting here giving my everything and my all to something that could one, be taken away in 2.5 seconds, two, that I don't feel values me as much as I should be with all of the effort that I've done. Like I did task force with them. Like I literally, I was in Atlanta for three weeks. They took a property over and I oversee, I turned the entire hotel over, fired like five, 10 people, hired 14 people, got their systems in place. Like literally, like, you know what I mean? I did a lot for that company. It was just like, uh, it's not worth it. So let it go. It was great. <laughs> just call it a yes. <laughs> So it was, yeah, was, I mean, can't be, it just can't be easy being, in a high power job like that and just not being getting the same money if somebody else is next to you isn't doing the same job it's kind of weird which I find yeah. bizarre why if you're doing the exact same job if not better and you're getting less cash for it which yes. is very, very busy, bizarre in the world yeah. of corporate stuff these days especially yeah. uh, but never mind <laughs> yeah, so, so what part of England are your family from? Um, my my um, father's from Hackney my mother is from where is it? Oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I know what it is. Um, 
Farscape. There it is. Um, yeah, and then I have um, family in Stratford. I have somebody. I have family on the countryside. Um, yeah, I have family all over England. Honestly, yeah, my grandparents were born in Jamaica. They decided to go to England, make some babies, <laughs> and then come to to um to the U.S. And then their babies made some babies, and hi, here we are. <laughs> You go connections, you go, you can hop over the UK quite easily, which is yeah. a good thing. And see your yeah. family. I mean, yeah. next day, next stop is, is Scotland for the big festival. Yes, oh, I can't wait for that. I'm excited about that. Yeah, you're talking about that. I'm like, okay, I need to make this happen. You go to your rallies in England and you just hop up to Edinburgh for, for three weeks or a couple of weeks right. and then a big festival. Yes, that'd be amazing. That'd that'd be uh, options there, uh, Ben. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's. Um, so what? What was next? After so basically, you quit your job. So mm-hmm. like, uh, what's next? What I mean to quit your job? So you've got to say, hmm, I don't really have a plan, do I? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> sometimes when you quit your job, it's nice to have that free time uh, to realize, hmm, I don't have to get up for work in the morning. <laughs> but you do have to. It's sometimes if you leave it too late, you end up staying down too long. You have to kind of. Yeah get back on the horse quite quickly when you do that. Right. So what, after you quit your job, how long did it take you to start going forward and what you're doing now? So to be honest, I was a parallelpreneur. So I was, I was doing my job full-time and working on my business very, 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 very part-time <laughs> once I became a GM. Um, so I, st- I still, that's how I got book projects done um, while I was still um, in corporate. I, I was doing speaking engagements while I was in corporate still. So it was more of me. It's just a different world in entrepreneurship. And and I took the time to one, do some self-care and transformation of my mindset because being in corporate is a whole nother world. And you have to kind of wear a mask, I feel, in how you communicate, how you don't communicate, how you look, your fit, like how you talk, how you carry yourself. Um, and so it was kind of peeling back that aspect of it and being okay with being authentically me and no longer feeling like I have uh, no room for error and I have to be borderline perfect ultimately. Um, and then dealing with the trauma because I, oh Lord, I felt like I had some trauma. I had some corporate trauma um, in regards to the sexual harassment and feeling like I gave, it's kind of like being in a relationship where you feel like I've been with this person for how many years I gave my life to this person <laughs> and you feel like you walk away with nothing. It's like, what? <laughs> so dealing with that, honestly, it's not yours. You just, as soon as you leave, it's nothing. Exactly. Um, and then also just figuring out the plan for my business. Like what direction do I want to go in? I could do a million and one things, but I don't want to do a million and one things. I just want to do what I really truly enjoy and make money doing that. So, <laughs> So I, I took the time to really do some inner healing, um, self-work because that's super important mindset um, transformation in the first three months and just doing nothing because I've always done something. I've always had a responsibility. I always had a job. I always, 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 always. So yeah. I had to kind of just do a transformational piece. Go ahead. Cool. So let's mm-hmm. talk about your, you may just talk about your business. What was, what was the first well, it was the first thing on the list. You obviously wrote a list. What was mm-hmm. the first thing you kicked off with? You, so, who wow. You, you, you obviously developed yeah. started with one, uh-huh. and then two, then three, and now you... <laughs> yeah, it became like 17 real quick. And again, it's because I'm so used to having a plan, and I'm so mm-hmm. used to everything just falling right into place. And in business, that's not necessarily how it works. So it was like a, it was a humbling time to say the least. Um, and it also was a reality check time in the sense of like, you can want, you have to figure out what people want from you and what people need versus what you want to do sometimes. Um, so like I did the beauty line and I love that, um, because I've always had challenges with how I feel about my lips and now I love them, you know, cause everybody wants full lips now. Right. Um, so I did the lip gloss line to, from a beauty perspective, and then I did a YouTube channel. I started my own show with my cousin. Um, and that was great. I'm going to get ready to relaunch a whole different um, platform for that. Um, 
what else? I did everything. I was doing book clients. Um, that's why I said I could do everything and I needed to niche down. I was helping people to publish their books. So I did my publishing company because I have many projects that I'm going to be coming out with. I wrote two children's books. Um, I wrote four other books. <laughs> um, and um, and so I started my publishing company. And so I have book clients that I help to bring their vision to fruition. Um, and then I do branding. So I, I help people to brand themselves, whether they're an author and they want to now make their author entrepreneurship um, and making money as an author and turn it into a business. Or if you want to, if you want to start a brand or start your business, getting you set up so that you can and have actionable goals to attain what you what it is that you would like to achieve. And so I did all of that in like five months, <laughs> like literally. And now I'm like, yeah, no, I love all of that, but it makes your brain if you feel like an octopus. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that a little bit. I kind of exactly. Um, so, go ahead. What are you gonna say? A bit kind of all over the place, thinking that I've got this to do, that to do, and it's like, oh, yeah. so uh, it's a bit, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. sometimes. Uh, and it's yeah, it gets a bit multitask, and I'm thinking, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. but hey, it's you just kind of sometimes doing multitask gives you that buzz to keep going. If you know what I mean, you don't sort of. Uh, you just yeah, you just do it, you know. So yeah. You do. So it's um, I think if you did only did one thing, it gets a bit boring. If you know what I mean. Yeah, that's exactly what you mean. Excitement to do more, yeah. which keeps right. you kind of it's just yeah, it's always one. It's a good thing about it, you know. Yeah. So to what, be honest, just to say one thing. To be honest, I it honestly, and this is why I said I I, I want I I am niching down because it just reminded me of my corporate mindset. When I was a GM, I had to manage engineering and capital cap, capital expenditure projects while I'm looking at finances and looking at the budget and seeing where we are and managing revenue. Then I had to do sales and manage sales and make sure we're bringing money in. Then I had to manage housekeeping. Then I had to manage front, de- you know what I mean? And so again, going back to having to make the shift to understand like, girl, like you don't have to make it this complicated. You can, like there are people that work five minutes a day and make... <laughs> A million dollars, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm super like, I've niched down to exactly what it is that I want to do. I'm still going to offer the, if I have clients and they're like, well, I want to do this, I'll still offer it. You know what I mean? Because I know that I can and why not keep the money in-house, if that makes sense. But it's not going to be something that I'm going to put out there to pull people in. Because then again, is this going to be, now I'm going to be a, a, what's what's another word for octopus when when you have 18 arms? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Something I can't think of. Yeah, some alien maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I never mind. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's good. It's good though. I mean, what did you I mean to get your? Okay, when you're sitting there, I, mean, I want to create more. When you're just sitting there, I want to create my own makeup brand. Mm-hmm. So, what do you? What was the first steps you took to say, say, well, I go and buy the ingredients and do it myself, or do I? What was your first steps in thinking you want to do that? So I'm not, that's not me. I, I don't want to, I don't want to manufacture lip gloss at all. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so what I did was I researched top um, manufacturers. I looked at top, I first I looked up ingredients that were healthy and good for you. Um, Cause I didn't want toxic um, qualities or ingredients in my, in my product at all. So I researched companies and how they process their things. Some of them I went to visit. If I could, I visited where they created their, um, their products. Um, because yeah, I, that's not me. I'm not going to be like, okay, two thirds blue, one third red. Like that's not, <laughs> not me at all. <laughs> Show me the end product and let's make it happen. Um, so I, I narrowed down the top three manufacturers that I felt would be beneficial to the need of what I, um, of the, of my business. Um, so once I did that, I ordered a million colors to see what color, what hues worked, what hues didn't. And I had girls come over with different um, skin tones to see, okay, what would work across the board? You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to um, leave anybody out, essentially. Um, so I did that. Then I did a branding photo shoot. I got labels done, the name, all of that. Um, and then I finally launched it. And I sold out all of my product. That wasn't an issue, <laughs> honestly. Um, it was more of, it was a great experience. I had fun. And it also taught me that I enjoy branding. 
and that I enjoyed photo shoots, right? And I enjoyed bringing visions to fruition and which led me to the branding piece of my business. So it all tied together, essentially. <laughs> I may need to, I think as in maybe we, I may tap into your knowledge of certain things when it comes to branding yeah. Uh, yeah. regarding the radio side, but we can, the partners can, yeah. can chat about that. Yeah. Uh, especially well, as I say, when you want to, we're going to chat to you anyway regarding your the lip gloss down your lines. Yeah. Once yeah. you uh, order, uh, get a couple of lorry lorry loads uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. ordered. <laughs> yeah, beep beep beep. Lip gloss arriving. Uh, uh, was it? Do you want to come in the front or the back? It's come in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, but yes, you can. Um, yeah, as I say, uh, we can chat about them. Uh, mm-hmm. we can, any day, it's all about building business and. And the good thing is, and link it up and see how we can, how we can take it, basically. Yeah. But but so you're you're writing a book. You sort of not quite published yet, or is not no. So I wrote four books in. That's the first one then. Yes. Yeah, so the well, I have six books under my belt. I was um I was a contributing author for six bestsellers, um but Warriors Paradigm is available on Amazon, the ebook version. The paperback version is coming really, really, really soon. I'm actually having um, the paperback version printed now, and then it'll soon be available on Amazon. But I'm, I want to do more of direct shipping myself um, because that's what, for the authors out there, that's where you get more profit. Um, yes, Amazon expands your reach, but you get very marginal, marginal royalties. When you sell it yourself, you only lose the cost and the shipping. So... Direct sales. Um, so getting some books printed, I'll be sending those out actually this week. Um, but Warrior's Paradigm was a major project for me. It was my book baby. I talked about everything, pretty much what we discussed um, on this podcast, but also um, deep diving and what I did to to like really, truly evolve and transform my life um, in all in all areas. Because family is super important to who you are and who you become. Um, friends and different experiences literally mold you into the person that you are, but understanding that it that's not who you have to be. Essentially, you have the power to literally take control or take take back control over your life and become who you want to be. Because if imagine if I didn't, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation right now, right? <laughs> I, I, I love it. I want to. I, I know what part of New York are you actually in? Um, I live in Yonkers. Whereabouts that close to? Sorry. So if you're in from the city, if you take the train, it's like a 20 minute um, train ride. Cool. Because mm-hmm. I, I was in New York in 2018 and I'm holding out with people through the course of my tra- my time over. And I, was, I went from Florida to Philadelphia to oh, wow. New York um, yeah. and hooked up with people that I knew from just like this online, basically, that yep. I've known for a while. Right. Um, but I can recommend, I mean, I can, I'll can. i catch up with some people in New York. Benita Charles, she's great. She's in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, she does, as I say, you know, something just to kind of make a connection, basically. Mm-hmm. I can tell about connecting people when I'm sitting here and not saying, oh, right. I'm looking for somebody here. Connect with this person and see what it takes. Right, you know, so right, kind of right. So, just, uh, so I've got a few people in New York I can connect you up with, basically. Well, one of the partners, as this was one of the partners, was in New York, Jamie. Yeah. She's now in the down near Atlanta area so she's moved but uh, I can connect you with people in New York it's, uh, yes. so just I would love can, that so you can always when you connect with them you can go get a coffee with them or something and have a right. chat yes, yes, yes I would so, love that I would love that so uh, it's just for business purposes um, uh, but yeah but also um, this guy called Carlos Phoenix who's in New York he mm-hmm. a lot does uh, he's also into the film industry and stuff like that mm-hmm. but, um he's maybe a good connection mm-hmm. so uh, just connect you up with people like that see where it takes you business wise yeah. yeah it's always a good thing yeah where were you um books you've you've written you've done one mm-hmm. what was your next you've six book two part books four main books yourself so yeah they say so, books, what were they all about just to ex- expand a bit more so um um, the previous projects were all along the same line where you talk. I've talked about just different experiences. The first anthology project that I was in, I talked about my domestic violence situation. Um, okay. And then the other books, um, I talked about like legacy, generational um, cycle breaking um, and building a legacy for yourself and for your family as well. And I talked about uh, for that book, that was um, The Voice, I Am The Voice. 
Um, and then I did Love Mama. I talked about like women and just the different women that have impacted my life, whether it was my grandma, my mother, my sister, um, friends, and just the impact that we all, that people have on you and the imprint that they live they leave on you when you experience them throughout your life. And then the other book was Love Mama Part Two. And I did that to my grandmother because she passed away um, two years ago. And she was like my second mom, like literally. So that was like a blow. So I dedicated that um, chapter to my grandmother. I talked about her whole life and how she's a pioneer and how she literally was an entrepreneur. And I didn't even realize it until I wrote the book. <laughs> I was like, wait, she was an entrepreneur for real. Um, so now fast forward to projects now. Um, I am doing, I'm doing a launch literally on the 31st, um, where I have 18 authors and we're talking about our experience in being a black person in America. Um, it's called our truth is not a lie. And I titled it that because a lot of times you say what your experiences are, you say how you feel and what's happening. And most time people don't listen to you or invalidate what you're saying, or you don't feel valued enough or important enough for somebody to care. So I wanted to provide a platform for others to share their stories, share their experiences, how they're feeling um, and not be shunned. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm excited about that project. That's going to be an audio book and I'm going to transcribe it into an ebook. Um, and then the next project, I have 19 authors, 20, including myself, um, and that's the evolution effect. And we talk about how we overcame adversities, broke patterns and um, and stepped into our greatness. So I have women and men who have gone through similar situations. Some were worse, some were better, um, but just how their adversities and how they made the transformation in their life. And then the last project is Maximum Evolution, named after my business. And that is um, how I talk about uh, how you become, sorry, seven steps to, from trans, sorry, I don't know what's happening in this moment, but seven steps to transform from victim to warrior. See, this is that's why, why I do these shows because you're a victim and then you're a warrior, which is what, exactly. that's what it is. I usually ask, I don't know, do you, I've never, somebody asked guests, are you, a, I don't know, are you a faith-based person at all? Are you? Um, yes, I'm, I'm not religious where I'm like, go to chap John chapter three, verse 16. That's not me at all. Like I could, mm -mm, like, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. I just tell you, as I ask some people who have been through stuff tend mm -hmm. to might go that direction or something mm -hmm. else, you know, depending yeah. on because of what they've been through, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I think, well, as I say, we've, um, tell, wh wh when did you start podcasting? What got you into podcasting yourself? Um, so honestly, I did, when I did the YouTube channel, I was like, oh, I can kill two birds with one stone where we record episodes and then I can, I can, um, um, what's the word? Transform them, I guess. I don't know any better word at this moment into podcasts. It was more to become more visible and, talk about provide a platform for us to talk about just different things that we've experienced and avoided topics, honestly, is how that all started. Um, and then it shifted into evolve where it was more focused on my, on the business side and authors and, and um, transformational stories to provide platforms for others to share their experiences. I'm very big on providing opportunities to others and, um, and so that's kind of how I got into the podcasting world. And I actually love it. And so I'm super excited about, again, you know, I have to do the plug about being on Double <laughs> Radio because that's major. <laughs> well, we're, as I say, it's all about, I mean, you, you, you're looking for the opportunity regarding your re sort of, sort of re-establishing your, your lip gloss once you get more stuff in and reselling that mm -hmm. again. So mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just building something and selling out very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, Having to write, okay, I need to get more stuff done because obviously it's a good product, and then kicking it off again is like a part two. But having that consistency in that brand because it's, it's not just selling out and going, oh crap, I've got nothing like a stock again. But right. you have, having a constant flow of stock that absolutely who so it keeps the business ticking over, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's not a stop start all the time. So which is one thing which will be good. It builds up the brand, and before you know it, you're. You could be sitting on your luxury yacht just, just by after somebody's yeah. bought a few bits of lip gloss or something, you know what I mean? How do you know one of the yacht? Like, look, see? I, I don't have a yacht. It could be, um, 
you could be, yeah, you could be sitting in a penthouse suite in Edinburgh. No, in I, I want to like literally. It's just hilarious that you said that because literally in all of my speaking engagements and in everything that I say, I'm like you when you goal setting. You goal set to get your super yacht. So it's so crazy that you said, if you want to be in a yacht, I do. You know, I want to be in a yacht in Bali, you know, <laughs> in the Maldives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, whatever, your flo- floating house. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. But yeah, as I say, it's, the, it's, the, it's good. Yeah, as I say, it just takes that consistency in doing something, you know, which is mm-hmm. a good thing. Sounds, as I say, but yeah, I mean, so obviously your ebook is out, but uh, let's, where can people connect with you? And you got it sounds like you're gonna have about a list of Santa Santa Claus list of of where can I connect which pretty or thing. So what what do you have for Christmas? So well, hang on a minute. Um but like where can people well where's the main connect where can people connect with you obviously for buying your book? Uh anything else going for, they can connect with you and buy or uh, just whatever, you know, email you they want to connect with you mm-hmm. and stuff. So you can go to my website, www.readytotransformnow.com. Um, and then my Instagram and Facebook are both Chanel Spencer now. And I put now because you need to do it now. <laughs> you need to go follow me now. You need to go. <laughs> you need to go to my website now. Um, so readytotransformnow.com and Instagram and Facebook Chanel Spencer now. Okay. Uh, for those who are listening to this on the radio station for the podcast, we'll have Chanel's uh connections in the show notes on podbean so that you can check it out and you can just click and connect um and i say we'll connect you up with benita charles uh you can hook up with her in new york get a coffee um so uh, somewhere at some time so i'll do that but uh yeah i think anything else you want to say at all uh, um just to anybody listening um we all go through different life circumstances and sometimes you feel like i don't feel like getting out of bed sometimes you feel knocked down completely but just know your breakthrough and your change is going to come. I promise you, I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, and just keep pushing forward. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Even if you have to squint and like really like get a magnifying glass to see it, I promise you there is a light at the end of the tunnel and things are going to turn around and all of your dreams and everything that you want to achieve will happen for you. I promise. Yeah, I suppose it's, I've read something. Actually, it's actually what... Um, I mean, people can wish things in their life and we can wish this, we wish that, but it's not about wishing it. It's about what are we going to do to get it? Absolutely. And technically, if yeah, it's what we're going to do about it. And that's it's what I mean, Grant, Grant Cardone said a statement the other day. Okay, he was talking about, yeah, he's got lots of money, yes, but and he's, he's in his private jet and he said, it's not about how much it costs, it's what you have to do to get there. Absolutely. And if, if you want something bad enough, you're not just going to, expect it to be handed to you on a plate you've got to work to get it if you're not willing yeah. to do the work you don't deserve it there's yeah plenty, there's a lot of takers there's a lot of people who talk the game people mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of takers in life because they're not mm-hmm. willing to do the work to get mm-hmm. it shouldn't you say they want to do the work yes no and you go <laughs> well and you wonder why and you do wonder why they get left behind Yep. And why they're not? Oh, why am, why am I not moving in my life? Why am I? Why is my career not going anywhere? Because you don't want to work. Exactly. I gave you a ticket to the train. You didn't want to. You, you didn't want to take the steps to get on it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. left. <laughs> if you, I think, I think in life, a lot of people, if you don't, if you don't want to get your hands dirty, you're not going to. You don't deserve what other people are getting because you're not exactly. there. If you're not willing to work, yeah. that's a challenge. But yeah, I want to say to everyone who's listening, thank you to Chanel for being on the show. And I hope that she's well, sorry, now she's now talking to somebody from Scotland. <laughs> so <laughs> even though she, her family are in England, so not that far away. Yeah. Uh, so she's kind of used to the, the British theme anyway. So, yes. uh, so hopefully, so how have you found being on the show? It was amazing, honestly. Like you are phenomenal. I just wanted to say, just in how you communicate and how you literally find ways to connect people and to impact lives in a positive way is like such a major deal. Like when you were in my, um, you were on my live, right? And shout out to my Warriors Paradigm book launch. And you, when you, when you wrote, wrote to me, I was just like, Hmm. And I liked your energy just from your message. Like, I know he's a good person. You are amazing, honestly. And just how you really truly put your heart and your, and your, and your through your true authentic self on the tape like it's just amazing so i appreciate you honestly because you didn't have to say come be like you didn't have to and you were just amazing that's what to say it was great it was well, a great I don't, 
I, I don't try. I don't try to be anybody. I just try to be me, and that's it. Yeah. I do my best. I think in the days is doing your best. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't like your best at the end of the day. It's well, it's not about. It's about doing your best and just keep pushing yeah. forward and yes. that kind of thing. So you're not going to meet everybody's standards. You're not going. People are not going to like your standards. Mm-hmm. Day, well, you just keep walking forward. But you obviously, yeah. in the day, it's not. I, when I do my shows, it's not about me. I like to talk about the guest. It's, mm-hmm. And it is about you it's about hearing your story, how you've just come from to becoming a warrior, basically. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing, you know. Yeah. And, uh, which is the main thing. So anyway, we look forward to building with building your podcast through Dublin Radio and vice versa and building a new, exciting, fresh, inspirational content going forward. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to what branding comes from both everybody else and yeah. how it goes forward, you know, which should be good. Cool. Yeah, yes, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. Which should be good. So look forward to this. As I say, this will be played. Uh, well, I'm going to just hang on it. I'm going to end the show. And I'm going to, I guess, after the show, as in those who are listening, before I don't uh, end up talking. <laughs> so I don't do anything. But anyway, guys, thanks for everyone who's listening um, on Dublin Radio. And to Ramsey and Lee's Going Beyond Borders, uh, if you want to connect and chat, happy to interview anybody. If you're an independent artist unsigned, you want to get your music over in the UK uh, or through radio, if you want your music promoted, give us a shout. You can connect up either through myself uh, directly or through info at doublementsradio.com. Uh, you can drop us an email. But as I say, I love connecting people. love uh, listening to independent artists. And if it's a, an option to get your music out there, give us a shout. It doesn't matter if you want to advertise or whatever. Just happy to chat and have a conversation if I can help in some way. Anyway, guys, to everybody who's been listening, take easy. Have a good one, and we'll be back next Friday. You've got some shows coming up on the Saturday. You've got um, signs off with Jamie Jams. You've got the Great Area podcast. Um, there's also a Fun Pack Sunday. We have the Heart and Soul Talk Show with uh, Bishop Derek Hunter. You've got the Coffee Jeans and Jesus podcast by Michaela uh, Deegan, who's from Chicago. Uh, you've also got, uh, according to RP, who is on at 7 o'clock Eastern time at night, but she is at midnight in the UK, both on the Monday. But uh, this is a mixed bag with other shows coming up. Kimberly Jones will be starting her show soon. And um, we've got, uh, as I say, Chanel Spencer will be starting next week. Uh, you'll be hearing her as well. So, But this Hi. show will go out uh, after our show has landed because it'll be next Friday. <laughs> so, so that's what will be happening. <laughs> so uh, as those of you are listening to this, you'll hear that the, this will be in the past, present, and uh, take your pick. Anyway, but everyone, take it easy, bye. take it easy, and we'll uh, speak to you all later. Bye-bye now. <laughs>